0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, September 21st. We begin with a look at the 2022 Canadian Consumer Tax Index. We get details on just how much the average Canadian household will be shelling out this year from Jake Fuss, senior economist with the Fraser Institute.
1: Next, we learn about new research that suggests Alzheimer's might not be a brain disease, but rather an autoimmune disease. We get details on the study and what this might mean in the quest to find a cure for Alzheimer's from
0: Dr. Donald Weaver of the Kremble Brain Institute. Then it's an incredible story which was born from a near tragedy. Our Dave McIver on how one man's heart attack on the golf course has spawned a fundraiser to ensure life-saving defibrillators are easily accessible in the town of Cochrane.
1: And finally, it's okay to eat with your hands. That's the focus of this month's edition of Savour Calgary magazine. We catch up with magazine editor Cammie Laird for the latest culinary trend in the city, delicious handheld food options. A new study from the Fraser Institute finds the average Canadian family spent 43% of its income on taxes in 2021. That's more than housing, food and clothing costs combined. With some insight on the 2022 Canadian Consumer Tax Index, we're joined this morning by Jake Fuss, Senior Economist with the Fraser Institute. Hi, Jake. Thanks for joining us
2: good morning thanks for having me on
1: that's uh an interesting stat so 43 percent of income on taxes in 2021 how does that relate to perhaps years prior
2: yeah well i mean it can be challenging for canadian families to calculate all the various taxes they pay um so that's why every year we're calculating the total tax bill for them and in 2021 as you said um we calculated that you know the average canadian family spends roughly 43 percent of their annual income on taxes And that's more than they spend on other basic necessities like food, clothing, and housing combined. This is a trend that we've seen for some time, um, but there was an increase um, year-over-year from 2020 to 2021. So 43% um, is significantly higher than what we saw um, in 2020 as well.
0: Jake, trying to put a positive spin on this sort of thing, 43% of our income going toward taxes. Are we getting good value for our money? I'm just trying to put a positive spin. (laughs) Is, is, Is the value there?
2: Yeah, so it's all ultimately a, a good question. I mean, what we do here in this study is take the, the first step in just measuring the actual tax bill for for Canadian families. Um, but, you know, just because, you know, you pay more in taxes doesn't necessarily mean we get better services. Um, so, you know, governments can spend money on things that don't actually help. And, there you know, there's plenty of potential for waste. Um, but. At the end of the day, the goal of the study is simply just to measure um, the tax bill. and um, We really leave it up to Canadians to decide if they're getting good value for those tax dollars. Um, so what we're simply showing is just here, here's the total tax bill that Canadian families are paying and ultimately leave it up to you to make that decision about um, you know, whether or not this is actually uh, an amount that you want to pay or you know, higher or lower amount for taxes.
1: I don't want to pay higher, but I don't think I have any choice in that for sure. Uh, Jake, when we look at inflation, the increase of the cost of living, do you think these hikes in interest rates, for example, are helping to curb inflation? Are we seeing things start to level off a bit?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, it's a good question because, you know, inflation is obviously a big concern for Canadian families. You know, people are struggling to pay their bills and the prices of basic needs like food and housing have been rising over time, Um, you know, but. What we're seeing too, you know, is, is this growth in the in the tax bill is really flying on the rate under the radar as well, um, you know. So with about that forty three percent of the average family's income going to taxes, um, you know, that is still a considerable. It's really the, the the single largest expense for Canadian families at the same time. Um, so you know, ultimately, it's, it's it's still up in the air to see what we're going to see with the interest rates rising, um, whether this is actually going to curb inflation or not. But uh, we are seeing that that Um, You know, significant expenses for Canadian families, both on basic needs like food and housing. But we are also seeing at the same time, um, you know, this growth in the tax bill. Um, So, you know, there is a a bigger concern here in terms of affordability, um, both on taxes and basic necessities.
0: Can we expect our tax bills as Canadians to continue to increase as they have since 1961? Or is there going to be a ceiling? Is there going to be a point where, you know, it has to stop? And are there checks and balances in place for that?
2: Well, it's a great question. I mean, ultimately, the the federal and many provincial governments have reverted to deficits to finance their growing expenditures in recent years. Um, You know, but these large deficits have to be paid for by taxes at some point in the future. Um, So we call deficits essentially a form of deferred taxation. Um, and what this means is that the total back tax bill for the average Canadian family could increase more in the future. Um, you know, if Canadian governments, for instance, have to raise taxes to repay some of the debt that they've accumulated during COVID um, or repay interest, interest rates as, as things move on and, and interest rates are rising. Um, so we could see in the future uh, tax bills start to increase even more for Canadian families due to this debt accumulation that we've seen really over the last couple of years here.
1: Jake, we're not the only country to be facing these high inflation rates. How do we fare in terms of taxation though against other countries? are, are we are we higher? are we lower? Are we about average right now?
2: Yeah, so this report ultimately only looks at um, Canadian families. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually compare to other countries. Um, but having said that, you know there are you know important differences between the countries. Um, You know, if we look at tax competitiveness, for instance, Canada generally has much higher tax rates than than certain other countries, like the United States in particular, Um, so that is also an important concern, too, for Canada. Um, when you are competing with other countries for, um, you know, high-skilled workers, for instance, um, if you have higher tax rates, it becomes harder for you to attract, you know, lawyers, doctors, engineers, software engineers, um, things like that. So that is also an important consideration for Canada moving forward. How do you compare it to other countries? Um, because if you're less competitive, ultimately that, that kind of hampers your economy um, and makes it more difficult to attract and retain high-skilled workers.
0: Jake, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks very much for having me
0: on. That is Jake Fuss, Senior Economist with the Fraser Institute. Sue, I, necessary evil, well, I've always said death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always say. Y- you do. Two inevitables. I've heard you. But 43 cents. I mean, technically, I yeah, say, oh, I'm not at dead tax rate. I don't get taxed 43%. But we've got to look and dig deeper into the conversation, what Jake's talking about, every bit of taxation mm-hmm. throughout the different levels of government that we are subject to it really does i know i knew a friend who was getting a new job or negotiating a contract and it gets to the point where there's gameplay to protect yourself in that and i can't remember the particulars around it but it was a pretty good paying job it was like something like $80,000 a year and he had determined that if he did that and he had some side gig stuff on it would bump into the next income tax bracket it was better for him to go to his boss and say pay me a couple thousand dollars less because then i'll be in a lower really? tax back bracket and in my pocket It'll More. be the same or the so, same. Uh, this this Steinies. shouldn't. Be. Yeah, that I shouldn't be creativity and ambition to perhaps you know, you, you, if if you're not getting the money that you're working mm-hmm. for, and I get it, we're getting money. We got a great text from Dave <laughs> when I asked if we were getting value for our tax dollars.
1: He wants to know if you're day drinking. <laughs> Besides, what the do you problem. mean? Are we getting value for our
0: taxes? That's, this is what I'm saying. I mean, I was try, trying to, you know, I made light of it and I said, looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. some uplifting news because you're spending this money. Things should be tickety-boo. Every, you should not have to you wait a hope. second to get into to the hospital or the doctor. The road, road should be no potholes whatsoever. Sadly, no.
1: That's not the way it is.
0: <sighs> it is, it's tough it's, times right It now is a very tough time. Yeah, costs go up. Uh, you know, try, go and ask your boss for a raise right about now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, even the, the things that were used to be cheap. For example, like I was saying, you go to the restaurant and a beer is $9 for a bottle of beer. When you go to the grocery store and it's $44 for two half-decent-looking steaks, but maybe not what used to be $22 per steak, it's crazy.
1: And that's a crappy thing, too, when you say go to your boss and ask for more money. You know, should you be up for a raise, perhaps? Well, at this point, we're just being made to, and we should, feel grateful that we have a job because there are yeah. a lot of people without. So it's not a good time to go and ask for a raise, although perhaps you deserve it at this point.
0: It's a, it's a weird time. It's a very difficult it really time. Is. It, you have it, I, I don't want to trivialize it when I say any tips or tricks to, to make that dollar go further or to stay afloat during these times because mm-hmm. times are tight. And I think that a lot of the people who might be listening to this radio station in that, in that middle bracket, not the folks that are making $400,000 a year, not the folks that are having a tough time that are going to have programs, not saying it's easy for anybody in the middle. You might not have struggled in the past. What are you doing now to make make things work, make those ends meet?
1: Alzheimer's may not be a brain disease as previously believed. Joining us with some expert insight this morning is Dr. Donald Weaver, professor of chemistry at the University of Toronto and co-director of the Kremble Brain Institute, part of University Health Network. Good morning to you Dr. Weaver. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Good morning, glad to be here.
1: Okay, so what did we originally think about Alzheimer's and now what do we believe?
4: (laughs) All right, For years, it has been believed that Alzheimer's is caused when a protein, uh, a bad protein that's uh, in theory not supposed to be in the brain, clumps up and its clumps uh, tend to destroy the brain. Uh, That's a theory that's been around a long time, but it hasn't really produced any, any winning drugs. And so there's lots of different new theories coming out. uh, And one that we have originated um, is that perhaps Alzheimer's disease is, in fact, a disease of the immune system within the brain. And the injury to the brain is simply as a bystander that the, the brain cells are killed when the immune system slightly becomes a little too over uh and also kills some brain cells.
0: Mm. Wow. Okay. The importance of this, Dr. Weaver, uh, will this help us change the approach to studying and treating Alzheimer's? Is that the end goal here?
4: Uh, that's exactly the end goal. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the, the current thinking just hasn't really converted to any useful drugs, so we need new ideas. Alzheimer's is a disease in desperate need of new ideas, and this is one of these new ideas. Uh, and so hopefully this or one of the other new concepts coming along will eventually be able to be translated into a useful drug.
1: Okay, so if in fact it is true and it's an autoimmune mm-hmm. issue yeah. more, so how, how do you change the drug approach then? How do we create an effective treatment for something like that?
4: Well, uh, we actually have a fair bit of knowledge about how to using drugs to manipulate the immune system, although I will point out that the drugs that we currently use uh, probably wouldn't use. The brain is, is a different area, but uh, it d- demonstrates that there are different targets different things that we can use against uh to target drugs against and our attempts to come up with new drugs so it does represent an entire new way of thinking and a new avenue to hopefully better drugs
0: can we uh, you know talk broad strokes now when it comes to alzheimer's mm-hmm. as far as how prevalent it is in canada and in and, and what ages people need to be concerned when it comes to alzheimer's
4: okay so first of all I think there's this, you know, misconception that Alzheimer's is, you know, oh, it's it's what uh, you know the old people get, um, and uh, well, yes, it it is much more common in the elderly, but you know, in my clinic, we have people, uh, you know, even in their late 40s and 50s with Alzheimer's disease. So it's a broad range of, of people that are affected, and. It's much more common, you know, than people believe. So, you know, in Canada, we have over 750,000 people currently living with Alzheimer's worldwide. There's 50 million. And, you know, within uh, several decades, we'll be up to about 130 million people with Alzheimer's in the world.
0: All right. Now, here, I, wanna, I, I don't want to make light of it, Dr. Weaver, but I know that the time and time again, you know, y- you walk into a room to get something, then you walk out of the room and you think, oh, I, I forgot what I went in to get. And you think, oh, is my mind slipping? Is it is yes. it that simple or is, is that commonplace? What are the signs that I should be concerned about? Uh, excellent question,
4: and it's not a simple answer. The um Uh, I mean, we all have memory slips uh, all the time, uh, and, you know, they are common. They're a common part of living and a common part of aging. Um, It's uh, when the the memory slips and the other problems with cognition really start to interfere with your ability to carry out your activities of life, and other people are starting to notice, then it's a good idea to consult uh, your healthcare professional to see whether or not further testing is warranted.
1: Okay, so doctor, you you mentioned it. You know, it is generally Alzheimer's, something that older people get. So how does that, do we know in any way then how that might relate to the fact that you now think it's an autoimmune disease?
4: Um, Well, uh, immune diseases certainly become more prevalent and your immune system becomes a little less effective uh, with age. And so, in fact, that would be keeping with the notion that this could be an immune-based disease.
0: Obviously, whenever we hear a headline about, you know, perhaps a new path or a a new route, something to check out when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia, for that matter, where our ears pop up. But as far as the resources we have in Canada uh, and, and particularly maybe even Alberta, do we have enough resources to deal with those folks who are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia?
4: It's an owl. Al- it's always an area that's in need of of more resources, from the level of patient care, clean through to to research. Um, dementia in general, and Alzheimer's in you know particular, uh, has not always had a very sexy ring to it, uh, and it's always lagged a bit behind in areas of, of fundraising. Um, and so, you know, this is uh, this is a very prevalent disease, it's becoming worse, and it is something which society needs to have better awareness about and uh, to invest in more across all levels, be it provincial or federal.
1: Is Alzheimer's disease and dementia, are the two things, are they two sides of the same coin? What's the difference between the two of them and how might might that relate to the autoimmune issue?
4: Um, So all Alzheimer's is dementia, but not all dementia is Alzheimer's. So within Canada, Probably about 70% of our dementia cases have Alzheimer's, but another 30% have a wide range of other neurologic diseases, uh, which also can cause dementia. But our our notion about an autoimmune disease, that's fairly specific for Alzheimer's, so that is focused on the 70% of dementia people in Canada who do have Alzheimer's.
0: Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. Insightful. Thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Well, thank you ever so much. Is Donald Weaver, professor of chemistry at University of Toronto and co-director of the Kremble Brain Institute. Have you ever had anybody in your life with Alzheimer's? Not me mentioned?
1: personally, but I have a couple of friends right now, and their parents are dealing with it. And it's, I mean, it's just so uh, it's devastating, really, to the yeah. family, isn't it? Because your your person is there, but they're not really there.
0: And it's not a one size fits all. That's mm-hmm. what my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway. My grandmother, who passed away about well about four or five years ago, uh, in, in her nineties. She was in a, a care facility for the last decade, 15 years of her life. And, and when we would visit, which wasn't often, because it was, it was kind of heartbreaking, um, I'd have to make sure my dad was there because she would recognize my dad. Right. Um, and But I'm not even exactly sure if she knew exactly who he was, but knew knew who he was, but I don't know if she knew it was Knew, his, his knew she was
1: supposed to know who yeah.
0: she, he was. And when I brought my teens at the time, and they were probably, I don't know, 8 or 10 years old, uh, she would glom onto something and say, oh, your T-shirt, you've got a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, oh, yeah, that's that's fun. You know, and, and then they'd talk, and then she'd say, oh, your T-shirt has unicorn. And that's what, when the kids started to understand that... There was you know, something. Yeah, on the outside looking in. And, uh, you know, very much uh, telling the same stories. And it was... It is devastating. Because yeah. you, you want... You see this person. They're alive. They're, they're breathing. They're telling stories with you. They're eating a, a meal, perhaps. But might not exactly know exactly who they're around.
1: And if this... Autoimmune disease discovery helps lead to changing, you know, (laughs) research even. And if perhaps a cure one day, I mean, time to start thinking outside the box, right? So it'd be brilliant if this this is the way that they've now realized that you need to change course and maybe find
0: something that helps. It can be discouraging uh, because years, you know, years and years dealing with something, you think, is there light at the end of the tunnel? And there's been no really no help for so long. This this could be it. Mm -hmm. We'll hold on to that for sure. Tragedy nearly struck on the ninth hole at the Cochrane Golf Course a year ago. Now a group has set out to get life-saving machines to as many Cochrane business owners as possible. Our on-air contributor Dave McIver has more on this story and a fundraising effort to make uh, get more money for AEDs in the region.
3: If Andy Kirby would have been hooked up to a heart monitor on the ninth green of the Cochrane Golf Course in September of 2021, that would have been the noise you heard. Thankfully, he had quick-thinking spectators and a life-saving medical device.
5: 75-year-old gentleman was golfing September 23rd last year, uh, a year this Friday. Collapse was clinically dead on the 9th hole. Uh, fortunately for him, neighbors were in their backyard or looking out their window, saw the commotion jumped over the fence, went and got the AED from the clubhouse, which I don't think it had had ever been used since they purchased it. It worked. They got his heart back. Uh, EMS EMS was delayed getting there, so if nothing had been done to Andy, he would have been dead.
3: That's Brian Winter, a now-retired fire chief and former paramedic who works with a group that has a goal in mind, provide AEDs or automated external defibrillators to as many businesses as they can.
5: About a year ago, Dave, uh, we formed a group in Cochrane called the Cochrane EMS Crisis Citizen Action Group. As you know, the ambulance issues in Calgary, Cochrane, and Alberta are horrendous. Uh, and what the message we're trying to get out to the Cochraneites is: have a Plan B. What happens if the EMS is an hour, two hours away? What are you going to do? How are you going to treat uh, your loved one? An automatic external defibrillator. And what happens, it's sort of idiot-proof, Dave. You stick on the leads, and it tells you uh, what you should be doing. Uh, basically, doesn't have a pulse. doesn't have a pulse. It's going to shock them. Please stand back. Uh, it's all verbal.
2: Analyzing heart rhythm. Do not touch the patient. Shock advised. Charging. Stay clear of patient. Deliver shock now. Press the orange button now. Shock delivered. Really, uh, there's very
5: minimal training. Uh, and right now we have, well, I've been out pounding the pavement, and we have about 23 or 24 AEDs in Cochrane. Um, and what we want people to do, we found out that some aren't registered and registered with Alberta Health. Because when a 911 911 call comes in, the emergency dispatcher will say, hey, your closest AED is at business A or business B or whatever. Uh, And they'll say, hey, the EMS unit is 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes away. You better run over and get the AED and come back and do your thing.
3: While AEDs are not mandatory for businesses in Alberta, Brian thinks they should be.
5: Well, I think it should be just like a fire extinguisher. I was fire chief for a number of years, and the fire code says that if you have a commercial business, here's the type of fire extinguisher you need. Uh, Or if you have a commercial business with a sprinkler system or a fire alarm system, here's what's required, right? Uh, And I think it should be part of some type of act, the OH&S Act or whatever. I don't know. But uh, why wouldn't a business... You know, I have to explain to people what AEDs are to a majority of people. They have never heard of them. Uh, And they said, gee, that's a great
3: idea. Whether that happens or not remains to be seen, but that won't stop Brian and his group from trying to get them in the hands of as many Cochrane business owners as he can. And that's why the Andy Kirby Legacy AED Charity Golf Tournament was launched.
5: Well, the golf tournament happened on Friday. It's a four-person scramble fund. $150 per person. With that, to get a golf cart, Uh, we're doing a barbecue lunch before, a pub lunch after, uh, prizes, silent auction items. Uh, And uh, right now, we're looking for whole sponsors. If you want to sponsor a whole, uh, it's $500. And uh, we're getting very close to where we have to have a cutoff for the caterers. And I think we've got around 45 or 46 golfers right now. Uh, We'll take a maximum of 80. Uh, And if there's somebody out there that wants to uh, golf on supposed to be beautiful Saturday or Friday, the 23rd from one to four, Come out and help us support uh, AEDs because you never know, right? You never know if, if uh, you might require one.
3: If you'd like to get involved in the event, you can contact Curtis Foot at Curtis with a K underscore Foot with an E at Hotmail.com because you never know if the dollars you spend might help in providing a machine that helps save someone's life. For 770 CHQR, I'm Dave McIver very excited Sue. They we're talking you we're going to talk, talk cuisine we're going to talk food it. that's what can happens I, can i go now <laughs>
1: yeah
0: you can i'm ready i got my bib <laughs> on the art of fermenting salt a cool contest and great places to eat with your hands the harvest issue is a packed one when it comes to safer calgary magazine it is out and editor cammy laird is with us to give us all the yummy details and again i've got my bib on picture <laughs> that cammy how are you today
6: Enjoying your bib is I know, in my I'm mind. I'm glad you like it.
0: Well, I have my bib, but I don't have any utensils. I, I think we should start with eating with our hands. Mm. Our kids do it, and they seem to enjoy it. Why shouldn't right? we, Cammie? Well, because it's fun, <laughs> because
6: people around the world do it, because it makes a mess, which is always great when you're yeah, eating. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a great, fun piece by Shelley Betcher. She goes through all some, some cool movies and things like that um, and just really brings back why uh, getting in touch with your food, literally, um, is... Um, It's just a really fun thing to do what i love about this story actually is she gives a list of places in calgary that have some great finger food um abyssinia being one if you like um ethiopian food super fun to go with a group of people um they have uh like stews they call wat, and the the bread is called indira which is sort of like a sour pancake which is Mm. fermented yeah and you eat with that bread and you stuff your face and have a great time um (laughs) you know, as one does. Yeah. So there's, a, yeah, lots of lots of great places to look
1: at in that story. I love that, you know, I, that's the the best part of the magazine is that you just find some of these, uh, I mean, we have a great food scene in the city of Calgary. We can't possibly know about all these restaurants unless you find the information somewhere and that's what you guys provide for us. Uh, it's a hard job too. We have to go out and try <laughs> all these great, great places, but somebody's got to do it and we're happy to do it. I feel your pain. Uh, you mentioned it, let's talk <laughs> about fermenting. That's a big part of the issue as well. Yeah, for sure. It's um, that time of year. So I think, first of all, you know that uh, jar of
6: pickled beets you have sitting at the back where of your fridge where your neighbor yep. gave that to you? <laughs> Oh, they're delicious. Um, yeah, so it, it's a uh, look at this time of year. Everybody's pulling stuff out of their garden and how do you make it last? And this is a great way to do it. Um, I mentioned injera is, is uh, fermented. So there's a little parallel there. Um, and just, you know, uh, things like tempeh from um, Indonesia or olives. A lot of people eat olives. Um, and it, it's something that you can sort of give a try at home. Um, so there's some really cool kits and things like that. Um, one of them by a local company called Heyday Fermentables. And she makes it super, super easy. You can make your own kimchi or sauerkraut for your hot dogs. um, And just give something a a try that's um, weird science in your fridge.
0: I bring kimchi for lunch sometimes. Uh, Sue gives me the side (laughs) eye. You've never seen anything like it. Uh, We don't want to let you go without uh, telling people how they can enter a contest. You've got something pretty cool coming up.
6: Yeah, for sure. So we have a new newsletter um, that we're sending out every couple of weeks. It's called The Snack. Um, and you can have recipes, uh, roundups, news events, that sort of thing. Just to some extra. Our magazine only comes out every couple of months. So we wanted a way to keep in touch more often. And um, if you subscribe, you can win right now um, per- personal fitness training with one-to-one, one, who Andy, I believe, is familiar
0: with. Yeah, they're, they're outstanding. One-on-one. One-on-one is fantastic. We, we both work there, yep. Oh, my gosh. That is uh, that is great. And it's kind of it's interesting because we're going to eat with our hands, and like you say, we're going to stuff our faces like we do. <laughs>
1: then go
6: work yep. out. And then go.
0: <laughs> it's a perfect relationship, isn't it?
6: You know how to live, man. Like there's balance on each side, and um, you know I think
1: food should be fun and enjoy it. And then you know whatever you need to do to keep yourself healthy on the other side, great. You know it. The website is fantastic. The 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 mail out now that you can sign up for is awesome as well. Keep on top of all the great food goings on in our city. The website itself is SavorCalgary.ca. Thanks so much for joining us, cammy Thanks, guys. cammy Laird, editor of Savor Calgary magazine, and the new Harvest issue is out now.